Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. So we know that this topic is definitely maybe one that you guys are wondering why we're talking about, but we we know just with the times right now, you know, everything that's going on, that grief is real and not even in the times right now. I know some of us have experienced deep grief and heartache, and it's super easy to run from God and not know how to manage and not know how to cope with such a loss. And so we really just wanted to dig deep in how to handle grief and also how to comfort someone who is grieving and hurting. And just to say too, before we deep dive into this topic, grieving doesn't have to mean someone necessarily passed away in your life. You can also experience deep grief, you know, with losing someone in a breakup or divorce or through friendships and, um, or even your, you know, with your kids, things like that. And so as we go through this episode, we, we hope you know that this is not a one way, like one size fits all. Um, this is definitely something that I've gone through and I just wanted to, to go and kind of dig a little deeper into how to manage this in a, in a healthier way that can help soothe your soul a little bit by being close to God and getting strength from him. But we definitely wanted to be sensitive to the, to the topic and knowing that everyone handles grief differently. And we are definitely aware of that. So, yeah, I've actually never been through, um, the loss of a loved one personally. Um, I have been through grief in the sense of relationships very, very briefly. Um, but, um, like I said, I've never truly experienced, um, a deep level of grief. Um, however, I have had many close friends go through grief. Um, and honestly, it's always been tough to know what to say, how to comfort them. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, so really I've just always tried to just be there, just be present. Um, I know what it feels like to be the friend that's just at a loss for words. And so today what we're going to be doing is I'm actually going to interview Jordan since I don't have as much um, experience with this. I'm going to interview Jordan and ask her questions surrounding grief, how to walk through it well for the women who are listening, who are grieving. Um, And then also I'm going to ask her some questions about um, what someone who is grieving, how they would prefer to be treated. That way, those of us who are trying to comfort someone close to us, who's, who is going through grief, we know kind of, we have somewhat of an idea of what to say and, and how to be there for them. Yeah. And so before we dive into the Q and a, I did just want to give you guys my story. And so really my first experience with grief was I was 20 years old and my dad passed away from a seven year battle of cancer. And it was a really weird season of my life. Like in your 18, like 18 through like twenties, you know, you're kind of wanting to be away from your parents. You're like ready to get out of the house. You're ready to go to college. You're ready to like kind of break off from your parents. And in that season, I was having to let go of those dreams. So I just want to also make notice that I was grieving this life that I thought I was going to have at that age. And that's a real thing. And so I was, you know, already sad knowing that I wasn't going off to college with all my friends and I was going to stay and be with my dad as he was battling cancer. And unfortunately, like he passed when I was 20 and 
So I was turning 21 soon and it was supposed to be this time of my life, you know, and I ended up going off to college and trying to experience life, but there was always that, that hurt and that grief in my back pocket. And back then experiencing grief, I definitely ran away from God. I was very angry. I went down a very destructive hole. Um, I was just sad. It wasn't, it, it it's kind of crazy because I still went to church every Sunday, but I was very angry. It was like, I knew I had to be in church, but I, I did not want to worship. I did not want to praise. I didn't, I didn't have any of that in me. And so not to go you know, too far into it all, but I do remember one day just thinking how grateful that I was that I got to say goodbye. And this really was a turning point for me. And I share this personal story because sometimes in the midst of grief, God really does kind of put these little like thoughts in your head where you're like, whoa, that was a blessing in the midst of so, so much sorrow. And I remember thinking, how sad would I have been if you know, I didn't get to say goodbye. And I know that's not everyone's story. Some people don't get to say goodbye, you know? And so I had to sit here and think, what are some of the blessings that I had with my dad, rather than thinking about all of the anger that surrounded, you know, surrounded it. And so one thing I remember thinking was I wanted so deeply for him to be healed here on earth and that he was healed in heaven for, for eternity you know, and so though I didn't necessarily get what I wanted, I got closure. I got to be by his side. I got to, you know, have that kind of farewell goodbye, which though it was so traumatic and so incredibly sad, it's just so, so, so sad. And now with it being eight years later, I can talk about it a lot easier without just completely breaking down because I have had some time to heal over it. It's still, I still cry, uh, you know, over it and I still miss him. And I know that won't change, but I will say the Lord truly gives us so much hope in believers. And that is why it's so important that the Lord just putting this on my heart right now. That's why it's so important that we sow the gospel into people's souls, because truly when we lose people here on earth, that's that hope that we have with knowing they'll be in heaven. And so share generously um, with your loved ones. Cause we do, we want to see them in heaven, you know, after we live here on earth, earth is temporary. Yeah. Joe, thank you for sharing your story. Um, so what we want to do right now for those who are listening is we just want to kind of meet you where you're at. And for those of you who are grieving, we just want to take a second and pray over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought what, what better person to pray than someone who has actually gone through this themselves. So Joe, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Jilly father, Lord, I just pray over anyone who is listening to this podcast right now, Lord, you know, the exact emotions, exact hurt that they're experiencing, Lord. And I just ask that you just comfort them, show up in miraculous ways in their life, um, bring them peace and comfort in a time that just seems unreal. And they might be feeling numb. They might be feeling that life has no purpose anymore. You know, whatever those deep, dark, you know, thoughts are, Lord, we know those are not from you. And so I just ask that in this midst of grief, we know that you grief is normal. And that even biblically, we know that we have to grieve, but just show up, like I said, in those miraculous ways and just allow them to feel your arms around them in such a hard time right now, Lord. I also pray for anyone who has loved ones who are grieving and they don't necessarily know what to do. And, you know, as we continue to go through this podcast, Lord, just speak through us so that we can comfort them as well through your words, Lord. And 
I just know how much you love them. You know, even though we live in a broken world that does have such, such deep sadness, sometimes we know that you love us and you are knocking on our hearts, just waiting for us to be there for you. And so just Lord, just, just comfort, bring peace and just even a little slight joy in their week, if that's possible for them, Lord, we love you. And we thank you for all the things that you are doing in our lives, even in these seasons that don't make sense in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So let's hop right into our questions. Um, the first question that we have is what are some things that you've learned through grieving Jordan that you would say, help you walk through grief? Yeah. So I would definitely say it is okay to have help. I think it's hard sometimes when you're in such a sad place, you don't want to ask for anything because you're numb. You don't really know what to ask for. But if I could say anything, if you're grieving right now, let people help you. It is very easy to want to just kind of throw yourself in your bedroom and not talk to anyone. But it is so nice to have people who are thoughtful enough to want to help you and like, let them come clean your house. Let them come feed you. Let them come sit on your couch and just be with you because there is, there is healing in community. Truly. I believe that even in sorrow, even being around someone else who just can hold you up for a little bit, it's, it's powerful. And something else that I've learned is like, it's okay to have mixed emotions. I remember going through, and I still am grieving. We like, I'm grieving right now over a loss of a loved one in our family. And I remember like some days I'm like totally fine. And then there's other days where I'm like, I'm so sad. I don't want to do anything. So it is totally okay to have mixed emotions. I know some people I've read, I've read a lot of grieving books and it says like, you feel guilty for smiling. You feel guilty for laughing. You don't want anyone to see you happy and have them think, did you not just lose someone? Or did you not just go through a divorce? Or did you not just go through that? And I just want you to know it is 1000% okay to have those mixed emotions because sometimes you will feel joy and then sometimes you will feel completely empty. And that's totally normal. I also just want to give advice saying like, it is absolutely okay to take as long as you need to keep their belongings, look through their photos. Like no one can tell you a time frame that's right or wrong. And that's one thing I learned, even with us losing our dad um, or my dad, you know, we, it, we couldn't decide when was the right time. And it was almost an anxious feeling. Like we didn't know, we didn't know the right or way to do things. And I think the problem was thinking there was a right or wrong way to do it. And so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. If you're in that deep state where you have things you have to go through or photos that you have to, you know, sort out or put away or whatever you need to do for your healing. Some people need to do it immediately because it hurts so bad. Some people need to cling to them because it gives comfort. And so whichever side you sit on, just feel your emotions and go through it and just take it day by day, truly. Because like I said, there's no right or wrong way to go through that. And another thing was um, you won't remember everything and it will come and go. And I don't know why I felt like talking about this, but I still remember new things from that season of my life because it was so traumatic And it kind of bothers me sometimes, even eight years later, I'm remembering new things. And I'm like, why don't I remember that? Like, how could I have not remembered that? Why is there certain memories I don't remember about my dad as time goes by? You know, it it is frustrating, especially as if you're in a grieving season that has lasted years and years, it's not fresh. But one thing I will say is that truly the Lord can 
allow you to remember things randomly. Like I think 1000% he controls our thoughts. And I have little memories of my dad popping and I just remember thinking, thank you, Lord. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for those memories. Like, thank you for allowing me to remember that. But also there's some seasons that I remember that I kind of pushed out because I didn't want to remember. And so give yourself grace in this season. It It's hard to go through and it's hard to walk through, but you're, you went through something really traumatic and it's okay to, to block some things out and then have to heal through those things one by one. And then my last thing, I know that's kind of a lot, but my last thing is truly just stay close to God. I've grieved so far from God where, like I said in the beginning, like I went down this destructive hole with drinking and partying and numbing myself. And then this time around going through grieving and just being in my word or being in, not my word, the word being in the word and just honestly, desperately crying out for God. And I can say there's such a huge difference. The grieving doesn't feel different, but the way all the extra stuff, when you go down that, sorry, let me back up. Whenever you go down a destructive hole, things that come with that are depression, suicidal thoughts. Like when you start drinking with grief, when you start going down these paths where you become numb to the world, you feel like you don't want to be here sometimes. And like, that's kind of where I was at. And I realized that's not what the Lord wants for me in this grieving season. And so now being in this season where I am connected to the word and I am worshiping in my sorrow and I'm doing all the things to just get closure and comfort in this season that I'm in with my family, like I can see how less depressed I am and how less I'm definitely not suicidal. I'm definitely not numbing myself in this season. And so that's not to condemn anyone who maybe is feeling like that is how they get by. But I do just want to speak clearly and let you know that that's not God's intention for this season for you and that he is with you and he's, he's there to comfort you. He can fill the voids, not things of this earth, because it truly, I believe my opinion that it just makes it harder. It really does. Yeah. Those are really good points, Joe. Thank you so much for just being vulnerable and sharing your heart. One thing that you just said that really stood out to me is when you said you worship through your sorrow and how different things were for you the first go around when you didn't do that. And you were, you know, just doing things that were unhealthy for you. And then this go around, um, really trying to just be in the word of God and worshiping through your sorrow, like that that quote just like stood out to me because being someone who has never walked through grief, like I can't imagine how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just choose to worship, even when you're in so much pain, but I do find it so interesting that the word does tell us in so many different verses that we are, we're supposed to worship while we're, while we're hurting. And so, um, I know for myself, even like not having experienced severe, like a a true loss in my life of like someone passing away. But, you know, in the ways that I have grieved on my own, you really don't feel like worshiping at all. But when you can just, just get yourself to even just say, thank you, God, like the smallest thing, like, thank you, Lord, that I'm here. Like just the smallest little thing. It's like, he starts to bring just this little glimpse of hope and comfort. And it's like, you know, I think about the scripture that says, uh, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Mm. And so like, when we praise him, like it's a fact that, that he is with us and like, he just starts to fill us up. And so that's good. That's good. Yeah. So the next question we have is being someone who has walked through grief, what would you say are some things you needed from your friends at the time that the loss occurred? Mm. 
So one of my like most amazing memories, which is kind of weird to say, but it's a core memory I'll remember forever because it was so impactful was truly, it was the worst time in my life. I just lost my dad. Like it had been 24 hours. It was not this like weeks later type of thing, like 24 hours. And after my dad had passed and I remember laying in bed all by myself and there was a knock on the door and literally all six of my high school, like cheer, uh, cheer group friends. Now that are my, still my best friends today, we still have our core six friends that we all like still try to get together, um, every month. And they showed up for me. They showed up and we, they all came, they brought food and drinks. And like, we all just like laid in my bed together and we talked, I cried, they cried. We, just laughed. And like, I want you to know too, and that I think back on that memory, I laughed a lot. Like I laughed a lot with them. And it's because I think in that season of feeling such sorrow, like it makes me cry, but like, it's truly something you desperately need. Like you have to have that laughter because without it, it's awful. Like it's the awful feeling. Woo. Got me, but, but it was so nice to know that I had people there that would show up for me, you know, and show up for my family. And honestly, there were so many people who brought us food, like always, I felt like we lived off casserole and leftovers for months. And, but I think back in that time, especially if there's families that, you know, who are grieving that have kids, I just think like, technically I was old enough to feed myself. So my mom necessarily probably wasn't worrying about feeding me, but imagine having kids that are younger that don't know how to take care of themselves. And you have this deep grief or loss in your life and you still have to go take care of people. And thankfully, like I said, I was an old enough adult where I could take care of myself so that my mom could take care of herself. But it was so nice to know that my mom didn't have to cook for us or I didn't have to cook for us. Like there was someone dropping off casseroles every day at our door. It was like, they had like a a food chain set up at the church. And it was every day someone was on the list. And so that is something I think was so helpful, but you don't have to walk in the house to serve them. Like they literally would go put the food on the porch, ring the doorbell and leave. And sometimes like, that's all you need to do. You don't have to say anything at all, you know? And I know that's one of our next questions we're going to go into, but don't feel like if you offer to help, that means you have to be in the presence of that person. Cause it is awkward. I'll be so real. It's honestly really hard to be around someone who is so incredibly sad. It can, it can cause anxiety and, and kind of this uneasy feeling for someone else that hasn't experienced that or gone through it. I totally understand that feeling. And so if you're that person that you're like, I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to be there for them. Literally dropping off some food or gift cards or whatever it might be. And just say, I left something on your porch. I love you. You know, it's just so impactful. So that's definitely something I would say that is super, just be in the presence of them if you can. And if you can't just serve ways, uh, serve them in ways that will help their time be a little easier. Okay. So that's encouraging to know. And I've always heard that, but it's nice to hear it like confirming from someone who has been through it. Like I've always heard that you don't have to have the perfect words, just be there. Just, just right. like you said, just dropping something off, just letting them know that you care in those simple ways. Mm-hmm. That actually leads us into our next question, which was, you know, to the girl who's trying to comfort someone in her life who is grieving um, and is just wondering what are the right words to say? Like, I have no idea what to say. What would you tell her? Yeah. So I kind of want to go into some things that you don't say as well, because it will help you catch yourself before you say something that 
could potentially cause a little bit of sting in that other person's heart. And so I know it's hard. Everyone that says things in these moments, I know it comes from a genuine place. So if you were grieving and someone has said something that makes you want to be like, why'd you just say that? Just know like they're also trying to say the right things and try to help you. And I think it's really a humbling position for both people. And knowing that sometimes we do mess up. Sometimes we say things that we didn't really necessarily mean it that way. And so I just want to touch on that. And so when my dad passed away from cancer and someone said, well, at least he's not in pain anymore. I remember feeling that and being like, that is a fact because I know that he's healed in heaven and that he is not in pain anymore. But in the midst of that, like me sitting in this deep sorrow, it almost felt like I should not be grieving because he's not in pain anymore. You know, so if I were to give you advice when you're, when you're comforting, I would take out any justifications, like at least this, or at least this, or thank goodness this, because what you're doing is kind of saying it could be worse. It could have been worse, you know? Mm. And so I think that was one of the biggest things. And you don't know this until you go through it. So if you've done this, just know, like, it's okay. You know, most people, like I said, when they're grieving, they barely even remember half the stuff that people have said because it really, you're just in such a numbing place. But what I will say is there's some things have allowed me to realize, okay, maybe there's a better way we could go around that, you know? And like the one I always tell people never to say is that everything happens for a reason, not the time, not the time and place for someone who is in deep sorrow or pain. And y'all, this is also through divorce. I just want to keep talking. I know we're talking about a lot. Like my personal grief hasn't been through divorce. It's been through losing my father. So for me, it's all about death, but even people going through divorces, um, things like that. When we say things like, yeah, I want to add something. Miscarriage is a huge one too. Situation. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh, we should have. Yeah. That should have been on our list in the very beginning. Yes. Miscarriage. Like the last thing that you should ever say is like, well, everything happens for a reason. And we know that that is biblical. Like there's scripture that says like the Lord will, you know, direct our paths. He makes our path straight. Like, uh, all things are created for our good. You know, we know those things and people who already know the Lord know those things. But in this time, it's just kind of like, like I said, another way that you're justifying what just happened. And so those are kind of my two examples to stay away from. And I will say this one last thing, because this is what we recently experienced with death in our family. I also wouldn't ask questions about the death. And I know that might seem obvious, but when we start to ask questions or, sorry, actually, let me back up. I wouldn't ask questions about just about the death, but asking questions on what happened in this scenario. So like miscarriages, divorces, asking, well, did you do anything? Did any, like, did you change your eating habits or with a divorce? Um, were y'all fighting a lot? Like when you ask these questions that come from a place from trying to care, you're almost implying that something would have been different if there would have been this if, and like with that, it is a, it really does, does feel like a slap in the face. And this person now feels like I could have done something differently, or this could have been different if like Y'all, even with things that are going on in this world, like when someone passes away asking, but asking if they're vaccinated, asking if they are healthy, asking if they're all these things or if they're unvaccinated, if they're all these things, it's like when someone's grieving, it's like there is, there should be no, if they're like, 
there should never be this. Well, if they would have done this, this wouldn't have happened. Or if they would have done this, y'all maybe would still be together. Or if you would have done this, you might still have your baby. Like that is the most insulting feeling that you can have in a place where they're already gone, you know? So that's just something I really felt on my heart to say all that. I know I kind of just gave you guys all the things not to say, but truly just be there for them. Let them know you love them. And if you personally knew the person um, or the relationship or this person that might be going through a miscarriage, like share stories of just enlightenment. If you knew a personal story about the someone who passed, share that story with them. I used to love getting stories about my dad. I remember someone messaging me in this time of sorrow. And it was one of my good friends from when I was friends with her when we were like five or six years old. So it's been a decade since we've talked truly. And she said, I'll never forget your dad jumping in the pool with us with all his clothes on and making us laugh and all these things. And it was just like, it's so nice to hear how the people you loved and like aren't that aren't here anymore impacted other people. So share those stories. Like, don't be scared to share stories of the loved one, because I think that's one thing I've seen most is how much comfort it brings, knowing that someone else loved them as much as you loved them. Um, But also like if someone's going through a divorce or things like that, like just talk positive thoughts. And if there's nothing you feel like you can say, just say, I love you. And I'm here for you. Same thing with miscarriage. Like there really aren't any right words. I can, I've never experienced that, but same thing with grief. I don't think there is any right words to say. So all you can say is just, I love you and I'm here for you. And I would also suggest, and this is not for everyone, but ask if they want company, you know, say, can I come over and just sit with you? You know, we, I can bring you dinner And some people will want that. Some people won't want that. But even just offering and just saying, I just want you to know I am here for you if if you need it, you know, and we had so many people even with us grieving this past few months, someone offered their camper to our family to go out in the nature and get away. Yeah. They're like, you can literally get on our land. We will not talk to you. We will not bother you. If you want to go in our camper and just enjoy the stars and just be with God's nature, like you can do that. And so it's just try to get to a place of where you're like, what would be comforting to me in this moment? And don't overstep. Definitely read the room and see if they say, no, I'm okay. You can just say, just open the door and say, well, if you need anything, I am here. And um, I think that's truly the best way to go around it is just really being able to have discernment, pray over it and just give your time and loving words without judgment in a sense of like your advice, your thoughts, like keep all your thoughts out of it. Just comfort and be there and just be a person that can stand in place to show love in that moment. I've always heard um, carry their burden with you, like, yeah. like also carry their burden, like feel their hurt in a sense. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many times it's the comfort of having someone else just even act like they feel what I feel knowing that you're not alone in those feelings brings comfort. So like my mom, she has uh, one of her best friends. It's my aunt Donna. She shows up with such compassion anytime anything happens in our family and she weeps with us. Like she is, it's like the pain is on her as well. And I have people in my life like that as well, you know? So it is, there's a comfort whenever you do take someone's burden on and just feel it with them. It, and truly the way that you serve people and your community. And when I say community, like in your close community with your friends and family that might be grieving, 
it might be weeping with them. It might be just showing up at the door and just holding them and crying with them because there is healing in that there is, it's a release of emotion that needs to happen. And so definitely like even just carrying the burden with them is something that I think is so important. Last question is as time goes on, obviously grief is never something that you overcome. It's never something that goes away. I mean, you carry it with you for the rest of your life. I know we've had conversations about this and you've told me that. So what are some ways that your friends and your loved ones, like even now can encourage you, you know, being someone like years down the road, like, you know, you lost your dad years ago, even now, and even into the future, what are some ways that your friends can continue to show up and love on you? Yes. So first thing would be just be aware of their moods. I I'll just be honest. There's, I'm a very joyous person. I'm very outgoing. And now that it's been, you know, eight, nine years since my dad passed away, I, Obviously, I'm not experiencing the same type of grief, but I still grieve my dad. Most definitely. I'm still in counseling now for, you know, and to help me grieve my dad. So I would say like if someone, let's say you're inviting them out and they don't want to go, like they're just not feeling it, like don't force them. You know, maybe you bring them something back. Um, Have a close enough friendship where you can talk about the hard things. I'm so grateful for my best friend, Nina, because she we, I can go to her and be like, I am feeling this specific feeling. And it doesn't have to be this huge conversation. It could just be said, and it can be where she wraps her arms around me. And that's the feeling I'm having. And then we carry on our day, like nothing happened. And I think that's important to have a friend that can comfort you when you're hurting and you're sad, but also have a friend that can pick you up and say, okay, let's go and move on and like not move on and forget about it way, but move on in a way where you don't feel like people are coddling you or like trying to walk on eggshells around you or like making sure they don't say the wrong thing. Like still just be yourself 1000%. But I just think having grace for those friends that are grieving and just being able to still ask them, Hey, how are you doing? And like, are you feeling anything? Like, can I do anything for you? Just being attentive and letting them know that you can that you're there to help them because truly y'all, if I'm going to give any advice just to wrap that up is you can't change their grief. You cannot take it away. You can't make it to where they don't feel a certain way. Like there is no one person other than Jesus that can really give that ultimate comfort and peace. So really just be a friend, just simply be a friend and just be in the moment with them, be, you know, their helping hand when they need it. Um, even years later, I still have people who love on me every single anniversary. I have a group of people who still text me to this day saying, we loved your dad, or I loved your dad. And he was amazing. Like, it's just be a friend, just be thoughtful and have a heart for those people who you cared about, you know, just being really intentional with them. So what do you have to say? And I know I said that was the last question, but this just came to me and I feel like it's important. What, what feedback do you have when I tell you, you know, I know that a lot of people who are not the one walking through the grief, but they are the friend of the one walking through grief. Sometimes you almost feel afraid to bring the person up that that person Mm -hmm. lost. Yeah. Um, because you don't know if it's just going to make them really sad all of a sudden, you don't know if it's just, not something that they want to talk about. So it's like, you Mm. almost don't bring it up. But then I've heard people who are grieving say, I want to talk about them. Like, I love them. Please bring them up to me. What like feedback do you have for that? So this is where you have to just ask, like, 
I know that sounds so simple, but even going to this person and saying, I love you so much. And I want to be whatever you need me to be and ask them, say, do you want to talk about them? Do you want to talk about it? If you do, like, I would love just to share stories and we can talk about them for hours. If that hurts you, do you want me to not bring them up? And allowing that person to make the decision themselves, it also, I think, and it might be uncomfortable still, and this person still might not know, but if someone came to me and was like, does it hurt if I bring your dad up? Or do you want to talk about him? I would feel like, wow, the fact that you just even asked me what I wanted in that moment is such a warming situation for me. I think like in that moment, I might've said, can we hold off a little bit? Cause I'll just cry. Like I'll just cry right now, but now I love it. You know? So those things might change, but I think just simply asking them, just asking, you know, what do you need for me right now? Would it be healing to be able to talk? Do you want to talk about fun stories? Cause I will say I'll, I'll never forget. I think naturally it happens anyways. Like people who are grieving almost need to talk about him. Like I remember sitting in the living room with all my family and we were just talking about my dad and we just, we're just bawling, you know, like we're all crying, but it was also a moment to be, you know, have remembrance of my dad as well. So it's sometimes even the feeling that you think is a bad feeling of crying and that sadness, it also is a healing process as well. So yeah, I would just, I think everyone's different for sure. And so I would just simply ask what they need. And that'd be my best advice. All right. So we have a couple, we've got two soul scriptures for you today. For those who normally listen to our podcast, you know, that we always end uh, with a soul scripture. We want to relate anything that we talk about back to the word of God and what he says about it. And then we always also give a soul assignment as well. So you can leave with something actually tangible that you can truly apply to your life. Um, And so today our first soul scripture is Psalm 34, 18. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I just find this so comforting for those of us who are going through any type of grief. Like we said earlier, whether it's miscarriage, breakup, divorce, losing a friendship, or actually um, a loved one passing away, just how beautiful it is to know that he is close to us in that time. Like that is a fact that is a promise from the Bible y'all, you know, so if it were me and I were going through grief right now, I would just, I'm so big on declaring God's truth over us, speaking it out loud because it makes the enemy run. And so, you know, I would just be declaring over myself. The Lord is close to me because I'm brokenhearted. He saves me when I'm crushed in spirit and just praise him, you know, bringing, any little ounce of anything inside of you that can praise him and just saying, thank you, Lord, that you're close to me right now. Thank you that you're saving me, that you're giving me hope. Even when you absolutely don't feel like it, I truly believe just that little bit of like Jordan said earlier, worshiping through your sorrow, the Lord will inhabit those praises and he will come in and give you more strength and peace. Mm -hmm. Um, the more that you can just bring the littlest inkling of that, you know, up to the surface. Yes. And so, yeah, if you're going through a loss of a loved one or you're brokenhearted over any of these other scenarios that we've brought up, like know how close God truly is to you and like, he has not abandoned you. And I think that was the first thing I felt when my dad passed away. I almost felt like, why didn't you save him? Like I was so angry. I was just so mad and I wanted to run away from God. And like I said, as, as I've changed my paths and relearned what the scripture actually says about death here on earth and that 
it's God can't just save everybody. You know, there, that would mean we, why would we need to go to heaven? You know, it doesn't make sense when you start really getting into those thoughts. But one thing, like it just, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I hope that I can even be an example of that like he truly saved me in a time that was so destructive. I just keep using destructive, but I'm using that kindly, but he just presented himself in such a way where I was in such a pit of sorrow to see where I'm at now, even experiencing the grief that I experienced almost a decade ago. And also the, the grief that I'm experiencing now, it's just a night and day difference. And that just shows you that when you're close with the Lord, he really does rewire the way that we experience things here on earth with sadness and sorrow. And so just, I meditate on that verse all the time and just knowing how close he is to me 24 seven, no matter what life throws at me. So love that. The second full scripture we have and the final one is John eleven thirty five, 35. And it simply says, Jesus wept. This verse wrecked me. <laughs> like I just thought it meant, Oh, Jesus, you know, weeps with us. He was human. He loves us. But what I actually realized, I went back and I read through verse 33, and this is actually what we didn't read to you. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Then he asked, where have you laid him? And it says, then he wept. And Lazarus was dead for four days. This is all about Lazarus um, being dead. And, you know, he was dead for four days. And so Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to be brought back to life. So he wasn't weeping, knowing that he was gone forever. He was simply weeping because they were weeping. And this was like such a moment for me thinking about how grateful we should be for our human connection here on earth, that someone can be as deeply moved and saddened and and filled with sorrow because someone else they love is, you know? And so this has just moved me in seeing that Jesus can heal anyone and bring back, you know, from the dead. Yet he still wept with them. He still, because it shows a sense of compassion to weep with somebody. So Jesus sat there and wept with them and then was like, you know, come out, you know, and he, he lived, but I just, even to say all of that, Jesus wept too. I think sometimes we forget we live in a fallen world and we feel like this is so unfair and feeling, and unfortunately there is sin in the world, but even Jesus cried over it, you know, so it's okay to cry. It's okay to hurt. And it's definitely okay to take as long as you need and take those baby steps to heal. So I definitely feel like that was just so comforting to know that even if you're not grieving right now, one of the most compassionate things you can do is just simply weep with them. And that doesn't mean you have to hysterically cry with them, but just feel that burden with them and just, just be in that moment with them. No, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because honestly, I am someone who, if I see someone cry, I'm crying. Like it just comes out and I've felt so awkward in the past. I'm like, they're going to think I'm such a weirdo for crying too. No. So that's like actually very encouraging to me on the friend side of it. Yeah. I'm the same way. If you're crying, I'm crying. So I I feel that. And I think, I think there's discernment in that. Try not. And I, like I said, everyone does this differently. And I always, whenever, even when we prayed before doing this episode, my, my spirit was saying like, don't come 
at this in a place of like telling people what they have to do, but have discernment when you cry. If you're crying over the top more than this one person and then that person's having to comfort you, you yeah. use discernment. But if they're, if you guys are both crying together, like I said, whenever you're with a close friend or family member, like you, you know each other well enough where you're like, we're in this together. Like we're going to cry through it and we're going to get through it. And so just have discernment in that. But I 1000% think if you're someone who's genuinely feeling this hurt for this person, cry, let like just hold them and cry. And it's beautiful to be vulnerable. I really, I believe that. So before we go into our soul assignment, I wanted to share this insight that helped me be thankful for the grief um, that I had to go through. And I know some of you might be thinking like, oh my gosh, how, why would I ever be thankful for the grief that I'm going through? But something that even me and my mom have talked a lot about was, you know, the strongest people in the Bible went through great trials, like deep sorrow. And as we go through these great trials and it, it, it does build character, but it also gives us more compassion. And so I know sometimes we think God is punishing us that we, why does this have to happen to me? But I hope you know that the more you experience in this life, the more trials you go through, the more things that you go through that really hurts you. I hope you know how much more compassionate you can be and how you can heal other people going through seasons. One thing I just, I've truly have thanked God for is every time someone comes and asks me how I handled losing my dad, when they lose their dad, they come to me. I've had about three or four people lose their father and their time. And they thought of me and it's, one of those things where do I wish my father was back? Absolutely. Like I would have him come back today if I had that choice, you know, like right now, but it is such a beautiful way of being able to comfort other people as they go through things in their life. And so might be a weird way to think about it, but I just know that when you are going through these hard times, it really is not a punishment. You now have this divine uniqueness to heal someone Um, And be compassionate and love them in a way that no one else can love them. Because when you are sharing this with someone that has felt the feelings that you felt, it is a new level of comfort. And so I hope that can at least bring some glimpse of, I don't even think joy is the right answer, but just comfort in a way, knowing that someday you're going to be the comfort to somebody else and you're going to be the life changing conversation for them. You're going to be the healing word to them down the road for somebody else because of what you're going through right now. So, yeah, that is such encouraging insight. So we're going to hop right into our soul assignment. And first, if you haven't experienced grief or you feel like you're not in that season right now, is there someone, you know, who is take some time to think about that and then just lift them up in prayer and then go and reach out to them, you know, and just ask, can I take you, can I bring you a meal? Can I pray with you? Can I grab you some groceries? Like Jordan said, it could be something as simple as dropping off some food on their front porch, dropping off a, a little, uh, bubble bath package, you know, like anything just to show that you care a card, like, and you don't even have to be with them, but just drop it off and like, let them know that you're there. Mm -hmm. Um, because like Jordan said, the littlest things truly go a long way. Yes. And if you are grieving, I wanted to actually give you these books. They have changed my life tremendously. And so the first one is the grief guidebook. We'll also link it in our uh, description, but it's the grief guidebook by Gary Rowe. And I just want to kind of read you a little bit about what this book is about, because it's not a book that you read 
from front to back. It actually is something, it's a resource you use when you're feeling something immediately. So it, all the chapters have different feelings and questions. So it's, why can't I stop crying? Why does this hurt so much? How could this happen? Or what do I do with the anger I feel? How do I deal with all the guilt I feel? And what you do is you go and you find, you go through and there's like, oh my gosh, 60 something questions. And you can go through and pick the ones that you really need right now. I've learned this in counseling. Y'all counseling is amazing. We should have talked on that. Go get counseling for sure. If you're in this season of grieving, because they can give so much insight on the way that our souls work. And I would say biblical counseling, if you can. Um, But this book, it allows me to go pick that direct feeling that I'm feeling in the moment. And then it gives you ways to understand it and process it and then get through it. So it is so, so helpful. And then the other book I was going to talk about is Grief by June Hunt. And these are both very Christian-based books. And so just know there will also be scripture that backs up this advice, which is so important. And it's just also a book that has really, really helped. I love June Hunt. She actually covers many different topics. And so if you're looking for some resources to help you get through that, those would be my top two recommendations for you. And the last thing I would suggest is just open your word this week. I know that might feel like the last thing you might want to do right now, but open the word and just try to read his word every single day. There's so much power. And like I said, just knowing his scripture and he, I 1000% believe he can give us divine peace through the heavens with you right now. Like I just know it in my soul that he gives that kind of peace to us. And so I just encourage you, you know, get these books so you can learn about grief and how to handle it. But then just ask the Lord to just be with you. You don't ask, you don't have to ask him to heal you or make you not feel the pain because truly it doesn't work that way. But I I do know that you can feel the closest closeness of God in this season. And so I would just also assign you to open up your Bibles this week, get in the word, get back in the word, play worship, try to worship during the season, even if it's just playing in the background so that it's going through your ears into your heart. Um, You might not even be able to speak them out loud yet, but just kind of start taking those baby steps to staying close to God in this season. So if there's a listener listening and she's like, well, I'd love to open my Bible and do that, but my Bible hasn't been touched in 10 years. I need to go grab it and dust it off. Where do I even start? What would you say? I I feel like if it was me, I would probably, if I'm being just really honest, I'd probably, I would just suggest that you go and like Google scriptures or stories of people who've experienced deep grief. Um, Elijah, I believe it was Elijah that experienced deep grief. A lot of people in the Bible have experienced deep grief, but yeah, I would just say like even going on Google and looking up scriptures that talk about grief or sorrow or the goodness of God or the closeness of God or praising when it's hard. Like you can look up so many different scriptures that talk about this and then go and actually read the whole stories, you know, um, read about Job. Uh, he actually has one of the, the whole book of Job. Definitely read that. Um, David, Elijah, there's uh, many people in the Bible that have experienced grief and there's scripture that surrounds that, that, the word is actually living. It can bring comfort right now. So use definitely use resources around you to help you understand more. Well, I'm going to pray us out and, um, we hope to, we hope this encouraged you and we hope to see you back next week. Yes. All right. Dear Lord, I just want to lift up right now as we're 
uh, recording this podcast, I want to lift up each woman that will listen to this. And um, I just pray over her heart, Lord, that she will be um, number one, that she will seek you, that she will lean on you for strength, for comfort, Lord, and that you will present yourself to her, that you'll show her that you're real, that you're there, that you're alive, Jesus, that you care about her um, and that you, you haven't left her. You haven't forsaken her. Um, Lord, bring peace where peace is needed. Bring hope where it's needed. Father, for the grieving woman, bring supernatural, just encouragement and a spark of joy that almost just doesn't even make sense to have in a time like this. But I know that she can have that because of you. I know that you can fill her up, Lord, and just remove any like guilt that may come along with her feeling joyful. She's allowed to feel joyful. She needs to feel joyful, Lord, uh, because the joy of the Lord is her strength. And um, so we just, we rebuke the enemy and, and any of his lies. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are with her, Lord, that you are bringing understanding. And for the woman listening that has struggled with knowing how to, how to be there for a friend who is grieving, I pray Lord that she learned some practical applicable things today and that you'll bring those things to her remembrance as she needs them. And, uh, just go and use her as a vessel of your love and light. Um, and I just, I pray a hedge of protection and healing and, um, just love and joy over each listener of this podcast. And uh, we love you, Lord. We thank you so much that we get to do this podcast. We thank you so much that that this exists. Um, yeah, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. If you haven't heard yet, we have an exclusive membership where you can come and dig deeper into the Bible and take your faith to the next level. We have weekly soul sessions where we connect each week and learn about what the Bible teaches us and how to apply it to our lives. If you are ready to transform from lukewarm Christian status into a consistent, confident faith that is laced with boldness, go to thesoulsociety.co to learn more. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. You can also catch us at atwithinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.